resilience and your why or knowing your why. Two great characteristics of great leadership. The question is, do you have it? And if not, do you know how to discover it? Hey, let's talk about it. Why, their how, and their what. We do a small exercise, and I've never seen this fail, where we kind of go, well, was this zone of genius, this why, this how, and what? Was this an environment that was present in the memory you have of when you were most successful? Greetings, leaders, and welcome to another episode of Leadership is Podcast. This is Season 4, Episode 37. I am your host, Jason Muhammad, founder of JM Emerging Leadership Development. And with us today, we have Dr. Watson Jordan. Dr. Jordan is the author of Mine, Ours, and Yours, a father's journey through the life and death of a child, a book that explores tragic despair and unearths hopeful resilience. As executive director of the Resilience Initiative, he is currently promoting resilience around the world and is known for his headstand to raise awareness. Hey, welcome, Dr. Jordan. Thank you, Jason. I'm excited to be here, and uh, I really admire the work you do, so this will be fun to explore. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for that, um, and and definitely um, and indeed honored to have you on the Leadership Is podcast uh, with us today. So besides what I said there um, about you, can you, you know, would you please uh, let our audience know more of who is Dr. Watson Jordan? Sure. Well, I'm, uh, let's see, I live in Asheville, North Carolina, and I'm married and have two kids who are, have both, uh, they're out in the world and we have three dogs and I, uh, love my hot yoga and, uh, I stay pretty active in terms of fitness and in terms of work, I focus as much as I can on facilitating team events and public speaking, all in the area of resilience. And the, <clears throat> the team events that I enjoy doing the most involve utilizing uh, my relationship with the Y Institute. We have a algorithm that only takes a few minutes to take and it reveals what a person's why is. And in fact, for everyone familiar with Simon Sinek, he talks about our why, our how, and our what. And it gives us those three answers. Uh, one of the things I like is many things in professional development, and in fact, some of the significant work that you do, require a great deal of energy and effort to really make that type of headway, Try, like trying to figure out your core belief. It takes some time to do that type of thing. The great thing about the YOS discovery, which is the algorithm, is it gives you answers that are immediately actionable that uh, in every case I've done it, which is close to 500 times, immediately resonates with the person. So it provides answers that are almost a 
foundational cornerstone that support the good work that everyone has done in professional development, but really provides powerful language that helps us know why we're doing what we're doing, our how, which is really how we bring our light to life, and what, what people count on us for. And it's just a fantastic experience. And I like to say, when we do this with a team, we really get to address how much sand do you have in the gears of your organization and to, to work through a good amount of that, but also to take a strong look at an organization's vision and mission and to make sure that things are in place for that type of organizational momentum and velocity. So that's what I like to speak on, and that's what I like to help organizations do. How's that? Okay. That's excellent. That's, yeah, that's excellent. I, I bear witness to the Y Institute and the algorithm uh, being a participant in one of your workshops on that. So before we go deeper into that, I would like to go back to, you know, what, what started you with the resilience initiative? Like, you know, what, what is that? I um, had reached a point uh, professionally where I had had a number of things conclude kind of in a very elegant, natural way. And I was having a chance to make decisions for the first time in a long time about where I wanted to put my time and energy. And I like investing in the community and I had written my first book and I was working with uh, Diana Wu David, who runs the Future Proof course uh, and group, which is a global community of people who wanted to kind of reinvest at kind of where I was in my career, kind of my late 50s for the next big steps. And I was working away at this. And with Diana's help, we realized that everything I was focusing on had something to do with resilience. And as soon as she mentioned that, I went, that is it. So the name came very quickly and I began uh, writing and uh, I put together a podcast about resilience and then the pandemic came so i yeah. wrote another book about this time about the pandemic and instead of it being my writing a lot one of the things for me that came out of the pandemic was that they the world doesn't need 20 more essays from me but the world really benefits from hearing a lot of voices. So I reached out to uh, all my friends around the world, men and women, different races, different religions, different ages, and asked them to write an essay about how we're wiser and stronger after the COVID-19 pandemic. And so the book is a compilation of those essays in terms of resilience, kind of what did we learn going through that and how are we stronger and wiser? 
so that was kind of the the corner I turned, and that led to the work I'm doing now. Mm. Very good, very good, very good. So, <clears throat> going back to the Y Institute, um, you know, so what are some of the the benefits of discovering that, like, you know, that that why, how, and what? What are some of the benefits of of discovering that? Going through the workshop, even, and discovering that. Yeah, well, it's it's a fascinating thing to explore and a real challenge in terms of that because most people feel like they know the answer to the question, well, why do you do what you do? And in fact, I every year I lead a retreat at the end of the year and we look at the year that ended and we look forward to the year that's coming. And in there, there's a question about What's your big why? And every year I would feel like deep in my soul, I knew the answer and I would go to tell you and I didn't have the language to get it out and I would get frustrated. Mm. So the problem was I didn't have the language. And so the first real thing that the algorithm gives us is language for what we really already know. And we talk about lots of things we know come through our limbic brain where we have, uh, we make decisions, but there's not any language there. So providing language for that process has been very powerful. One of the real, so that's, it solves that kind of initial problem. But when you have that, it's very powerful. And the example I often use, I'm sure you are often asked to participate, whether it's on a board or a committee or an initiative. And you, I think like, like me, I always want to help out where I can. I want to be a part of the solution to things going forward. But when I know my why, I know kind of where I'm at my best, where I am fulfilled by the activity. And when you know that, you also know where you're not at your best and where you're not fulfilled. So it gives us a much better chance. And I've heard you talk about this really elegantly. When we can say no to things, that are not, so we wouldn't be at our best. That's really doing a favor to everyone because Mm -hmm. if someone wanted me to be on a committee, but what they needed me to do was not really me at my best, I'm not doing them a favor by saying yes. And the more we can say no to things, the more we can say yes to things that really allow us to be at our best and to give our best to others. So yeah. those are kind of the two pieces that I go is really powerful, you know, but when we, when we know the environment or I call it our, when we know what our zone of genius is, it's easier to identify and to uh, seek much more accurately. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's great. That's that's great. Thank you. Thank you for that. So in your in your work, have you observed any patterns or commonalities among people who have found uh, deep satisfaction by aligning with their purpose? Yes. So it's really and one of the things I want to um, be clear about. Almost always when people discover their why it really gives life to, it puts wind in their sails for things they already suspected and knew. It's almost like it gives them permission to really step into their best selves. Mm. Um, so an example, and when we're, when we reveal the algorithm. One of the, and when we go through this process, one of the things that I ask at the beginning before we do any type of reveal is to tell me about a time where you were really at your best, where you had a challenge, where it drew on all of your capacity and resources, and it worked out. You were successful. And so people write that down. And when they get their why, their how, and their what, we do a small exercise, and I've never seen this fail, where we kind of go, well, was this zone of genius, this why, this how, and what, was this an environment that was present in the memory you have of when you were most successful? And to the person, they go, absolutely. So at that point, they have the language from the algorithm, but they also have a picture in their mind from their life that they can use as a guide going forward. So that method has been really effective. And the thing, and in fact, I'll use you as an example. When we were going over your why, your how, and your what, it wasn't the case that, and I'll make a kind of a silly example, that you had been an accountant all your life and you learned this and you became, an, uh, you became a lawyer. So it doesn't, it's, it never makes us recreate ourselves completely. But what it really does is it nails, it often in a vivid way, who we really are and who we really are when we're at our best. Mm. And it's liberating and it is, it points towards fulfillment. And I'm trying to think of the exact word that I want. I think what I said earlier is close. It really kind of gives people permission to step into that why they're how and they're what with much more enthusiasm than they had before because they feel like what they knew intuitively has been buttressed and supported by the algorithm. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? That it really yeah, absolutely what you already knew. And it's almost, sometimes you almost see a look of relief on people's faces. Like, <laughs> yeah, that is exactly it. And now I kind of I have an answer for this. This is fantastic. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt when I went through the workshop and uh, say, well, 
Well, I'll be doggone. Like, that is absolutely correct. Like, yes, that's exactly what I want to do, how, and, you know, and that's why. That's me, you know. So I, I appreciate the fact that you're offering this uh, to uh, the community, offering this to people, and I think that the more people go through this process, it will absolutely free them as it educates them. It reminds me of um, a workshop I also went through with Miss um, Tracy Green Washington, and as she talked about purposeful alignment, and yeah. you know, you you two are mirroring each other in, in in certain language, like yes, and giving yourself permission, you know, to do certain things. And so she also talked about the messy middle. And that's what I hear you talking about as well without using that language. You know, it's when you're making that transition from, you know, not knowing your why to discovering your why and then doing something um, that is in alignment with your why. So, man, that's some awesome stuff you guys are doing in the community with that. You know, when, um, you, when you mentioned that, the thing that yeah. popped into my head, the other thing, aside from being fulfilling... When we're at our best, when we're working in our why, it is easy to keep working. So it's inherently <laughs> sustainable. Yes, absolutely. And when we're not, it's exhausting. And so kind of my example for that, um, I, I write some, but I really benefit from having an editor. Because editing, I'm able to do it, but it takes me a long time and I'm not very good at it. And so if my full-time activity was editing, eventually I would quit because it's just too hard. And when we're in our why, when we're in our zone of genius, that never happens. Okay. We always, you know, it's always, yeah. You know, I talk about it's, those types of activities are almost irresistible bait for us. We kind of go, oh, you know, so in the, there are nine whys. And so mine is better way. So if someone comes to me and they kind of go, we're trying to figure out a better way to do this. I almost can't stay in my chair. I get so excited. I'm like, oh, yeah. How can I help? Um, and that type of enthusiasm when it's, native is what really makes our lives rich and full. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and you really just answered <laughs> uh, my next question I had for you was how does having a clear sense of purpose contribute to resilience and overcoming obstacles? And what you just said was, you know, basically if you have a clear understanding of why, then, you know, you're more eager to do things and which, of course, adds to resilience because it's like you're willing to withstand even more now because you know why you're actually going through what you're going through. So uh, very, very excellent perspective there, Dr. Watson. I mean, Dr. Jordan. Yeah. So how does, um, you know, the concept of discovering one's why extend beyond personal development? and impact a, like a broader societal or even global issues? Well, 
One, in fact, I was just looking at this this morning. I, I'm familiar with and work in and around areas of the future of work because it's if everyone in their work was fulfilled, that would radically change the world. Mm. But organizations, things are different now than there were five years ago. And this is an overstatement, but there's some real meat here. Five or 10 years ago, there were 100 people looking for work and there were 50 jobs. So it was competitive and the people that had jobs could be selective and they um, they were they had more influence in the process because people needed a job. And now the tables have turned and there are 100 jobs and there are 50 people looking for work. And these are I'm just using those numbers to make an example. They're not actual numbers. But organizations that are successful, that are going to be successful in the future, are investing much more energy and interest and enthusiasm in creating a culture, in creating a culture that attracts and retains the exact type of people that make the organization strong. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a very different environment. And if you're an organization and you want to do that, you want to know more about when the people that you work with are at their best. You want to make sure that you get the people that you work with and to get people, you have to be interested in them. And I, there's a story I like to tell about, you know, do we get the people we work with? Mm. So, so there was a guy, he had a company, and at the holidays, he loved to give presents. And he had a friend who owned a vineyard, and he got that friend to make specially labeled wine that he could give out to the people he worked with. And he had another friend that owned a cattle farm and he got that person to make and label special cuts of beef that he could give away to people that he worked with. And he loved doing this and he loved working with his friends and he was really excited. His best salesperson, her name was Sarah. And Sarah, was a vegetarian and a recovering alcoholic. Mm. And he didn't know that. And he never learned that. And he never got to know her well enough to do that. So every year at the holidays, he would give a vegetarian steak and he would give a recovering alcoholic wine. So what he was really telling her every year was I don't get you. I don't know who you are. And successful companies work really hard not to make that type of mistake. Yeah, absolutely. They want to, they kind of go, 
we need to know each other. We need to, and the fun thing about the events that I facilitate is people get to know each other in new, exciting, rich, deep ways in just four hours with me that they might never know about each other. And it's, it's a very powerful experience. And I'll add companies that are going to survive and thrive realize that this type of interaction and intentionality is the same as the type of intentionality that uh, we have with our diet and with our level of activity towards fitness, that it's not at fitness and health, that we, I can't, I can't eat a great breakfast and work out today and for that to be enough for the rest of the quarter. <laughs> you know, it involves and getting and having a rich culture that retains the people you most want to be your organization is an ongoing exercise of care and interest. And there are lots of ways to do that. Um, I think the, the work we do at the Y offers a unique perspective and chance for organizations to do that and to revisit that and to connect. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Dr. Uh, Jordan, um, how can people contact you uh, who would like to go through the workshop? When is the next workshop uh, and or, you know, cons get con uh, consultation from you or your services? The easiest way is to go to my website, which I think we can put in the episode notes, but it's it's all one word hashtag resilience.com. And there's a link on there to set up a quick kind of cup of coffee meeting uh, or to send me an email or is the best way to do that. And I'm not, I believe that we'll have another event in March, but I haven't finalized the details and I may be doing one in Raleigh and one in Winston-Salem. So, but that's the best way and it really, it would be fantastic when I hear from someone that they are interested in this and specifically in how it can benefit them, how it can benefit their team as individuals, but how it can, how it can benefit their team as a collaborative. That's an exciting day for me. So know that if a listener out there does that, it'll totally make my day. Absolutely. Hey, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Dr. Jordan, for being our guest today on the Leadership Is podcast. And just know that this door is always open for you and looking forward to continued conversations uh, with you. And uh, you have a great day. Thank you very much. And you keep up the great work as well. Your, your work and insight on traits and how it can unearth hidden gems within organizations is really outstanding. So gold star for you as well.
Hey, thank you so much for enjoying another episode of Leadership Is Podcast, where we had our guest, Dr. Watson Jordan, who talked to us about who talked to us rather about resilience and about how to discover our why and the effect that it has on us as it relates to being productive as a leader. Thank you so much, Dr. Jordan. Uh, If you would like to know more about what JM Emerging Leadership Development can do for you and your organization, please do not hesitate to reach out. Send us an email at thejasonamohammed at gmail.com and we will respond promptly. And always remember, leadership is influence and service.